You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. everybody and welcome to the next trek podcast every week we're going to break down the latest episode of star trek discovery and give our thoughts on the final frontier my name is chris and my name is tyler and uh, we are here for our very first episode i'm pumped how are you feeling tyler i'm ready <laughs> good well here's the deal uh if you're listening to this uh chances are discovery is not quite out yet uh and so what are we going to talk about why are we doing an episode uh that's supposed to be recapping the past week's episode of discovery if there hasn't been a past week episode of discovery well we thought we would introduce ourselves uh tell uh, you guys who are listening why we're doing this why we love star trek and hopefully uh, you can get to know us as we get to know one another because actually, interestingly enough, Tyler and I really don't know each other. Um, We've met, long. I think, three times and not ever in person. Never, never in person. This is a full digital relationship. Um, we've doing and this it's full, a beautiful thing. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Uh, the universe has brought us together and we are excited to explore that universe together. Um, and so uh, for those of you who, who may or may not know, I am on a podcast called The Screeners Podcast. And on that, um, there's four main hosts. One of them is uh, Daniel. Uh, and Tyler is Daniel's brother. And uh, he said something about uh, you, Tyler, being a huge fan of Star Trek and uh, that maybe it'd be a good idea for us to talk all things Trek, uh, especially because there's a new series coming out. So that's how this little thing came to being. And I'm excited to do it. Uh, I'm really pumped. I'm ready to do this. I am too. I think this is going to be exciting. I, I'm I know you and I, just from the few times we've even talked, like yeah. we, we had to stop ourselves from geeking out more than once. <laughs> That's true. And the, the first time we, you know, we had that meeting with my brother was in there and, and he had to actually keep us on track. Yeah. He's like, okay, yeah. so we actually need to come up with a name for this podcast before true. you guys can start geeking out about it. So. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I think these, these podcasts, these two first episodes, we're going to do a why we're doing this. Uh, and then uh, the, the next episode, we're going to be what we're doing uh, for everything. So we're going to explain to you kind of how the, the podcast is going to go moving forward. And I have a feeling that we're going to get off track a lot. All right. So uh, hopefully yeah, that won't happen. frustrate you. Yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. But we're going to try to do our best. We actually have notes. Uh, and uh, we're going to try and, and follow those notes as closely as we possibly can. So let's see here, Tyler, give us a little bit of backstory. What brought you to Star Trek? Why are you a fan? How long have you been a fan? like what is your what is your history with the franchise uh, for real this is going to go back to me when i was born uh, okay. i was born with like a vhs of star trek in my hand almost yes. you know i guess there's been maybe a little bit before vhs's were were that big but uh, i was born in 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 86 this is right before next generation was coming out yeah i don't remember a time in my life when i wasn't watching star trek and so it's, it's crazy. I, I, my dad would order those, I don't know if you ever saw them, those big gray VHSs, I think like Time Life or somebody else ordered them. You could have a subscription. Yes. To these big, they would have two episodes in them. Um, so there are some episodes of Star Trek, the original series um, that I've seen hundreds and hundreds of times and nice. over and over and over again. In fact, I think when my parents just moved, they just got rid of those those VHSs. Like, <laughs> finally, I don't think they made it over over the country with, oh, or across no. the country with them. Yeah, 
but uh so yeah next generation though is my trek that i i watched it from beginning to end i literally grew up watching that one yeah and that's it what, what about you where did you come in on track you know it's a very similar experience i can remember going to bed and uh while i was trying to go to sleep my dad would be watching star trek the next generation and you know before every commercial break uh, they would have the uh, little tag of the theme, you know, right? And I would hear that every single, you know, whatever, whatever it was, like five, 10 minutes when he was watching the episodes. And I loved it. So I'd sneak out of my bed and I would watch Star Trek uh, nice. incognito as much as I possibly could. <laughs> and then I know one day he saw me doing that and he said, all right, come on. Uh, and, uh, started watching it. And man, I just fell in love with it. I remember watching, um, a episode of Star Trek Next Generation called, uh, Schisms. Oh. Um, terrifying yes uh, it was it was right around halloween one year i came home after a halloween event that we were at and uh that the show just came on and i you know it was something i did religiously watching the show and it scared me to death i mean Same. you know the the uh the crew of the enterprise was being uh slowly abducted by these unknown forces and they were in the holodeck and they were uh building this weird contraption together i just got goosebumps um and so uh that brought me in um my wife and i when we first started dating I told her I was a huge Star Trek fan. She told me she was a huge Star Trek fan. I did not believe her. That was nice. how Okay. So, you know, there aren't many girls, quote unquote, uh, from my experience anyway, that like Star Trek, right? And so when she told yeah. me this, I was like, oh man, this is a cool chick who likes Star Trek. <laughs> There's no way that she knows a lot about it. We did, um, we were on a trip together. And while we're on that trip, we did Star Trek trivia, if you can believe it or not. And the way that I knew I was going to marry my wife, I said, all right, I want you to think of your, the hardest Star Trek question, trivia question you can, and we're going to see if we can stump one another. I came up with my hardest question. She came up with hers. She answered mine easily, and nice. I, could not, I couldn't answer hers. I fell in love with her. I knew we were destined for each other. Um, so my love of Star Trek goes deep, man. Anything else you want to add to anything? Is there any other anecdotes there of why in the world we're doing this, what brought us to this awesome thing we call star trek well it's weird you know it's definitely star trek discovery you know that's what that's what sure. literally yeah, brought yeah. us here that's right true. that's the, the that big thing we should mention that yes <laughs> uh but but each one so that got me thinking back though to like um premieres of of the other series yeah. you know i i don't remember as much as i say i was born with it uh, born into it i didn't see the first one you know encounter at farpoint um live maybe i did it, i was a year old but i don't i don't specifically remember that <laughs> right. i remember deep space nine even though i was pretty young um voyager is the one that i remember um voyager is the one that i watched straight through uh and i remember watching the whole thing um deep space nine my parents really didn't love because it was it's not star trek it's not on a ship and you know there's there, there's all that bajoran religion stuff um and oh, and man. it's really weird and now i love it and i'm like mom and dad you guys are crazy yeah but um but voyager I remember having to make it home to watch the Voyager premiere and something, there was a storm or something that night and we couldn't actually, like, I couldn't see it. It was like fuzzy, you know, again, still antenna TV. So this snowy picture of <laughs> these people I don't know doing this crazy thing, you know, and you're getting propelled across the universe. Um, I, I loved it. And I was hooked on it after that and, and uh, you know, watch every single episode religiously. 
Um, my life got easier when we got a DBR. But the, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And enterprise, it's, though, I didn't, you know. It's interesting that you bring up Voyager because there are a lot of parallels between Voyager and Discovery, I feel like, in that. Okay. Uh, Voyager launched a television um, network, UPN. If you yep. remember back in the day, there was like a big deal, you know, UPN's coming and guess what's going to launch UPN? It's going to be Star Trek. Yeah. And CBS is doing a very similar thing with their, what is this, all access digital? Is that what they're yeah. calling the service? CBS all access. CBS yep. all access. And so they're launching that. Obviously, it's already available, but their big push obviously is yeah. discovery uh, they're they're kind of launching this thing or rebranding it and trying to really push it um, and I think they're going to get a good a good chunk of change just because us trekkies are going to to buy in no matter what um, even if it's a disaster we're still going to buy into it uh, yeah. and uh, and see what this thing is all about so I just find that very interesting that the 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 brand Star Trek can even launch an entire network or, or, you know, begin something brand new. You know, it's, it's pretty incredible. Well, and it really, that's the history of Star Trek right there. They, they really know what they're doing. As much as sure. I have been hating on CBS, CBS All Access for this, <laughs> um, although if you guys want to sponsor the show, please contact yeah, us. Yeah, come uh, on. Talk to but, us. But, uh, you know, as much as I've been complaining about it, at the same time, you're right, Voyager did that. Um, Next Generation was, I think, the first show or one of the first shows to ever go um, – first run syndication like yeah. they were yeah. they were there automatically um the original series basically got in syndication for a weird deal because they were uh only 79 episodes not enough to to make it into um to syndication on its own they've been doing that a lot um yeah. it, that's a history of of star trek and so they're banking on they're banking on the fans i mean you look at the cons every single year they know they have a built-in uh, absolutely yeah and if if we were, you know, if we had any kind of guts at all, we would, we would all say, no, you know, we won't pay for this, put it on TV, but oh, we're, we're, come, we're on. Spineless. come on. Of course we yeah, are. We're, we're all going to watch it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no, there's no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Well, I, I'm excited. You know what? I am a, I'm a, if you know me from uh, my other podcast, you know, I'm a lover of loving things. Um, and so I'm going, I'm going to go into this as positive as I possibly can. Yeah. And the, the way that I've found that uh, for me to work is that I think about it as little as I possibly can. Um, <laughs> I've the, the more, opposite way. <laughs> yeah, I know. The more I think about this new, the new series, the more I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know. So I'm just going to go in as pure hearted as I possibly can. Um, and we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. And that's, but, that's going to change a little bit next week when we talk about the what, cause I'm, I'm going to yeah. hit you with all these, like, I'm, did I'm you sad. hear about this yeah, I know. thing? Yeah. And, and this is the thing. This is the great uh, the way I'm kind of in the dark at the moment. Uh, you've done a lot more research than I have. You, you have already told me things that have broken my heart. Uh, and so I've just decided to stay away. Uh, and then you'll just, everybody, if you're listening, you'll be able to hear uh, my live, my live heartbreaking even more uh, as Tyler gives me more details on, uh, on these, uh, on these alien creatures that walk like horses. Uh, but, so, but the, um, oh, you've seen that already. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. I, I will say the big thing and, and for all of that, you, you're totally right. But the thing to come at this to know that we're both coming at this from a place of love like oh we yes. love this no and it's a part of star trek fandom to to complain you know it just always has been we want and it to be the best it possibly can be right we wanna, yeah yeah and so any of that stuff i mean i guess i maybe we have to have a discussion if there's like a line like if there's a breaking point where it actually is yeah, terrible but well, there will be yeah yeah but you know everybody hated deep space nine when it came out it you know it's it was true 
forget even Deep Space Nine. They hated Next Generation. There were people literally protesting that Kirk and Spock were not in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, you're right. And, you know, Deep Space Nine's on a station, or Voyager's not in Federation space, or Enterprise goes earlier. Like, we will always complain. And I just finished a rewatch of Enterprise, and it's yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah. I'm not going to say it's the best series, but it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and so, and I'm even watching the animated series right now, which is scary, but it's not as bad as everybody says. You know, I, I have to say that you are, you are brave. I'm glad you're walking in because <laughs> I don't think I'll ever, I'll ever do that. Uh, that's amazing that you're, you're watching the animated series. Honestly, I forget that that thing exists. Yep. And then every once in a while I see like a screen grab from it. And I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a thing, a thing well, that happened. Was it like a Saturday morning cartoon or was that like yeah. a, it was hundred percent. It was a filmation Saturday morning cartoon. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy. It is about as trippy as you can get in some cases, but yeah. honestly, but the writers are the same writers as the original series. It's Samuel A. Peoples. It's David Gerald. DC Fontana show ran the first season of it. It's so re- it's so crazy to think. Yeah. Walter Koenig, Chekhov wrote an episode of it. He's the only, I think the only Star Trek actor to ever write an episode of Star Trek. Um, really? Yeah. It's like LeVar it, Burton. I know LeVar Burton. They directed like crazy. Yeah. yeah. But not writing, huh? I could be speaking out of turn, but I'm pretty sure. Anyway, all that to say, like, and you guys can follow me on Twitter. We'll have all those links and stuff like that. I'm, I'm essentially, I kind of accidentally fell into live tweeting the the animated series because (laughs) it's so. I did not plan on it, but I was like, I can't not talk about what I'm seeing right now. This is insanity. If if you're experiencing it, you have to bring others in, right? You have to let them know the experience that you're having. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, talking about fandom and love for Star Trek, I think we should just go ahead and hop into the the meat of this particular episode. Let's do it. And that is, we want to talk about our our top five uh, favorite episodes of Star Trek. Now, I use the word favorite because I oftentimes find that when I say top five best Star Trek episodes. That's kind of more like, you know, you know, we're trying to say that these are and some I'm not I'm not trying to categorize them saying that you should feel like these are the best. I'm just saying these are my personal favorite episodes of Star Trek. Now, this might change tomorrow. Um, but as of uh, the recording of this episode, uh, you know, we we're, we're going to talk about our favorite episodes of Star Trek and so we'll have 10 total five from me, five from Tyler, um, and then we will we'll go from there. But before we get started, I wanted to find out what your kind of like, uh, what your frame of reference was here, Tyler. How did you pick these? Uh, where, you know, what kind of, what, what kind of a, a system did you have to whittle down all of these episodes into your five best? That is, that was probably one of the hardest things. It was like, it was like writing a thesis. It, it was, it was insane. I, yeah, I, you know, I made a gigantic list. I kind of just brainstormed, you know, I, I said, what are the things that rise to the top? You know, as I'm just, just, if somebody was to say, you know, gun to my head, what, what, what episodes of Star Trek were you named that are the best? And so I made a, a big old list. Um, and then I started whittling down from there and I'm looking at, uh, number one, I'm looking at rewatchability, you know, yeah, what okay. episode can I watch again and again? Um, and I still enjoy it. It, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, it's almost like your desert Island, you know, pick what, what am I not going to get sick of? Um, what is fun and filled with adventure? Um, Star Trek though also is, is deep. It's a deep show, you know, uh, it's got a history of, of social commentary and, and emotional 
um, emotionally wrought scenes and stuff like that. But then it's also just like we were saying with animated series, it it can also get crazy at times. It can get really wacky. Yeah. And so, so some balance between all those. I want to have fun while I'm watching it. I want to be moved. I want them to tell me something about the human condition. That's what Dean Ronberry was at least really good at trying to do. Um, and I and I want good, intriguing sci-fi. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. What about you? For me, uh, it was uh, Goosebumps. Ooh. <laughs> um, I, I res- oh, I, that's good. I res- uh, responded to the next trek, the, uh, our, our Twitter, um, Twitter, what do you call it? Profile, I guess. Or Twitter uh, handle. Twitter handle, whatever. The, uh, the official uh, podcast uh, Twitter, tweeter, twi- whatever. Um, <laughs> They they asked what they asked this question right, and um, I think I responded something that inspires me and makes me want to be a better person. Um, for me, Star Trek really is. I do believe there, there's a, there's there's a few things in my life that have shaped my morality uh, and how I see the world, and Star Trek is a lens in which I see the world. Yep. Um, when when sure. I watch Star Trek, I want to be challenged, uh, especially the television series. The movies are obviously a little bit more adventure romps. Uh, we'll talk about our favorite movies here in a little bit. But as far as the, the episodes of the actual shows go, I want them to challenge me in some way and leave me with goosebumps. Um, and so when people ask me, why do you like Star Trek so much? Star Wars is so much more fun, blah, 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 blah. Um, these are the episodes that I lead them to. And I say, here's the reason why I like Star Trek so much because they do this. They ask these questions and they make me want to be a better person because of them. And just like, even now I, I literally have goosebumps when I think about it because I just, I think it, it's so powerful. It really can be powerful. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, number five, Tyler, what is your number five episode of Star Trek ever? Well, this one is a new addition to the list. Uh, like okay. you said, our, our list can be fluid. You ask oh, me tomorrow, yeah. it's, it's going to change slightly. Number five is an episode of Enterprise, actually. Enterprise broached or breached my, my top five. I can't believe it, actually. Oh, that is, that's amazing. Yeah. So this is an episode called Dear Doctor. Um, and every year, Enterprise did an episode that featured Dr. Phlox uh, in some way. And so Dear Doctor was one. Um, they had a night in sick bay, and each, each season they had another one. This is its first season episode, Dear Doctor where Dr. Flux um, is kind of in the style of MASH. They very much were following MASH where, you know, Hawkeye would write a letter at home and be kind of distra- describing what um, was going on in the camp. Dr. Flux is describing just a, a day at um, on the Enterprise and this moral quandary that he's having. So this gets right into what both of us have been saying. Yeah, um, He is faced with, do I, do I save an entire civilization or... Do I let them die in order that another civilization can survive? Right. And I remember this. Yeah. Oh, it's insane. And, and you know, John Billingsley, um, who, by the way, there was just this gigantic push to get John, John Billingsley on Twitter. And he just got there, like yesterday. <laughs> and it was this huge thing. It's, wasn't it's his really, birthday or something? Or what, what, it, was it just the celebration that he was got on Twitter? Is that what it was? I saw a That search. was what it was. That was it's what it amazing. was. amazing. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize. I, I, I wasn't, I'm not hip enough to know what was going on there. But yeah. It, it was weird. It, it was very surreal. And, and, you know, I was a part of that. And that was good. Fantastic. Um, good for you, man. So yeah, it just, but it deals with those qualities of, you know, what is the right choice? There is no easy right choice to make. And, you know, he has to, has to make it. So that's why that's my number five. 
All right. Well, that's interesting because my number five pick uh, definitely parallels this. It's a, another doctor, uh, mo- uh, another doctor episode, except this is an episode of Voyager called Nothing Human. Like I said before, whenever people ask me, why do you like Star Trek so much? What's the difference between this and, you know, all the other sci-fi action films out there? I oftentimes bring up this episode. It is about Bolana Torres, who is the engineer, uh, gets a parasitic alien attached to her body. Uh, and it is feeding off of her. And the doctor, who is uh, a hologram, doesn't have the necessary information in order to you know, diagnose the issue, diagnose the problem. So he finds a computer program within the library, the computer library, um, and it is uh, all this information from a doctor, a Cardassian doctor, uh, and he makes a holographic representation of him, and that Cardassian doctor begins to help him diagnose um, the, the, the parasitic organism that is attached to Bolana Torres. Um, and it's going to kill Bolana, right? I mean, this thing is going to, to kill one of the main crew members of, of Voyager. Um, and as the episode goes, and obviously I should probably say spoilers a little bit for this episode, but, um, as the episode goes along, we learn that this particular doctor, um, very much mirroring kind of Nazi Germany, uh, he is a doctor who did uh, very heinous experiments on innocent people. Because he had all this data, he was able to diagnose diseases that would have otherwise been undiagnosed because, you know, you, you have to be, have some sort of ethics when it comes to medicine yeah. normally, right? It, and, but he just ignored those ethics but solved a lot of medical problems. And so the question that the episode asks is, does it matter where we get our information from? If it's there, should we just use it? Or do, do we need to consider where that information comes from, even if it's right? Even if that information's correct, is it okay to use it if it came from a source that was immoral, unethical, and wrong? So uh, that's Nothing Human. It's a Voyager episode. Uh, I haven't heard many people talk about it. It just stuck with me. Um, and I've, I've something I bring up all the time when people ask me about Star Trek. All right. So let's go to number four. Have you watched that? Ep- Do you remember that episode at all, Tyler? Yeah, I actually, part of this, even the reason why I'm even watching the, the animated series right now is I've finished it. I'm finishing a two year long rewatch of all star trek oh my gosh <laughs> yeah every okay. single episode right. and i'm in the home stretch so yeah but that was the only reason i knew it i i don't think i could have told you that you know uh, when did i watch it about six months ago i don't think i could have said oh yeah you know nothing human um yeah but i i love outliers like this on yes. on different uh different lists because it makes you reconsider them you know it's not one of the, sh- the bright shiny famous ones no it's not you know, at it's all not city on the edge of forever that everyone says although right. neither of us did um, said it's the best i'm yeah. surprised yeah but uh i love that because it just makes me rethink them in a different way absolutely yeah yeah and again this is one of mine i i put it on there because i i champion it all the time i i'm sure objectively no one would say nothing human is one of the best none of the lists that i looked on ever mentioned this episode <laughs> at all it's it's got its flaws obviously it's not like but i just love the questions it asks i love how yeah. it asks and i think it's important i love that all right so number four tyler let's uh let, where, where's your number four at my number four this one is kind of a, a classic that it's on most people's top 10 lists uh but uh, i don't think it's usually this high i love 
the devil in the dark mm. from the original series. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is, it's one of those that also, you know, at some point, especially if, if discovery goes this way, we should probably talk about horror in star Trek. Oh yeah. It, Cause it's, it's star Trek just has a, a crazy history with horror, but the devil in the, in the dark, you know, that was one that scared me when I was a kid. Oh my gosh, what's coming through you know, it's almost like alien, you know, it is alien, but it's almost like the movie alien where, yeah. where, you know, something is stalking these miners, something is killing them, you know, in, in the dark, what is it? And it's this gigantic carpet, um, with <laughs> this pizza. Uh, yeah. I always think it's like, uh, uh, oh no, pizza, the hut from, uh, from space balls. That's Baseball, what I always yes. think. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. 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 That's true. So, but, but the ridiculousness of, of that concept aside you watch Leonard Nimoy's performance in that, and you talk about goosebumps. Um, his yeah. when he is shouting out pain, and he's talking about how this creature has been so wronged and so hurt by these uh, these these miners on her planet, and is killing her children. Um, it's brilliant, and again, that goes into like you said the the goosebumps, um, the the suspense of it. It's a that's a it's fun in a different way. It's not fun happy, but it's fun. Um, thrilling and and exciting uh it's emotionally moving and and it says you know what do we do you know we they these people need this stuff that they're mining on this planet um but there is something in, in the way you know yeah. and and avatar move aside this devil in the dark did it better than than avatar ever did so it's, yeah uh, yeah I love it. So that's one of my favorites. I love it. All right. So for me, uh, yes, now we're going to fall into more of the top 10 lists, I think, of all time. For me, I was debating between um, this particular episode that I'm going to say number four and Yesterday's Enterprise. Oh, uh, that's some, so good. For some reason, Yesterday's Enterprise and this episode that I'm about to name, I don't know, for some reason, always go together for me. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. It's really strange. Um, but um, for me, my number four is cause and effect. Um, it is, in my opinion, uh, Groundhog Day done right. Um, yes. And it is so wonderful and subtle. And obviously, you know, the first time you watch it, if you're not expecting it, to see the entire crew of the Enterprise before the opening credits just blow up. And you're like, wait, what? And then it comes back. This is the storytelling of Star Trek The Next Generation in which I love that it never really, the best episodes anyway, never slow down to explain to the audience what's going on. They, it, it just expects, look, you got to keep up. Look, I, we're going to say words that we, we as actors probably don't even understand, but you need to keep up as the audience. Um, and if you don't, you're going to miss something. Uh, this episode feels that way the entire time. It's like, you just got to keep up. It continues to move forward, uh, and uh, it is—it's a great kind of just what I would describe as like a page turning. Like, what's going to happen? How are we going to fix this? How? What's going to? It's a wonderful episode. So for me, uh, cause and effect—a great episode of, of Star Trek: The Next Generation. I, I cannot argue with you there. We and it would be terrible if neither of us mentioned a time travel episode on one right. of our list. So yeah, sure. you, yeah, you got that. Yeah, oh, that's true. I never really think of that as being a time travel episode, but yeah, I guess you're right. It's a, or a time it, messing yeah. sort of episode. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So totally. Absolutely. Those are, I'm, I'm honestly, I've got two of them on my list. I think those are my favorite, uh, my favorites. All right. Uh, so let's move to number three, top three. All let's right. My, th my third is in the pale moonlight from deep space nine. Ah, and this one, is this was another one it gives me chills to think about it and i i just rewatched this one 
because I, I thought, you know, I'm not remembering this as fondly, or I'm remembering this more fondly than, than it is. And, and I rewatched it and it, I, I almost applauded alone in my apartment. I almost stood up and applauded. Um, it's, it's an episode in uh, the sixth season of Deep Space Nine. It's in, in right in the middle of the Dominion War. Yeah. Where Cisco realizes he basically has to sell his soul to, you know, or you know, his morals. He's got to send them up the river in order to um, get the Romulans into the Dominion War and change the tide of war. And it's absolutely brilliant. Um, the the line that he says um, in order to to justify it. So oh, the other thing is is he is um, he's delivering this instead of captain's logs like we normally get. He's delivering this entire episode. He's recording a captain's log straight to the camera. He is he is giving us a monologue. And um, this line that he says at the end is. Uh, a guilty conscience is a small price to pay for the safety of the Alpha Quadrant. So I will learn to live with it because mm. I can live with it. I can live with it. Computer Man. erase the entire personal log. Avery Done. Brooks. Avery Brooks is oh. a master. So good. He really is. It's it's astounding. Yeah. Um, and and he's he's such an underrated captain of Star Trek. Oh um, man. But they're all good. I mean, yeah. It, it's he's fantastic. So. That's yeah. Cool. I think, and he's number two for me, honestly. Uh, we should talk about that, uh, our, our, our captains and all that kind of stuff. Nice. Which is interesting because, again, it's another uh, a paradigm that discovery is totally shifting yeah. on, right? We're not, we're not going to be with the captain for most of the, most of the time. Or at least they're telling us. We'll see how that ends up. When we get two captains, I mean, we have, uh, and I'm forgetting, it's Lorca is, uh, is Jason Isaacs, and then I'm forgetting. Uh, Michelle Yeoh, right? Michelle Yeoh's captain's name right now. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, anyway, we got two captains and a first officer. But and so I, I love it, and I, I'm wondering, you know, is this a trajectory? She's, you know, Michael Burnham, uh, is is she going to, uh, to become captain in the next couple seasons or something? Right. Is that where it's going, or does she not yeah. care? Does she not want to be a captain? You know, we've not had that situation before. It is interesting. It'll be interesting to see kind of the the lower rank um, and and stay with them rather than the point of command, which yeah. is where we normally have always been. Uh, so I've got a feeling, and I've already heard that the well, we shouldn't be talking about this now. But yeah, this, this is next week. This, this next is week. next week. So we're going to move on. Uh, there's a lot of things that we could talk about. Uh, we're going to get stuck if we don't keep. This is what you mean, guys. We are going to get off track just awesome. by for sheer passion. You can feel our passion here. So what I wanted to do was. Um, you know, for my number, are you, I'm sorry, were you finished? That was number oh, three yeah. for you, no, right? I'm good. What's, what's your number three? Well, mine is um, an episode of Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine for me has a special place in my heart. One, I think, so underrated. People just haven't given it enough of a chance. Um, and the last three seasons of Deep Space Nine are just absolutely incredible um and uh specifically uh season six uh i think i wanted to just include all of season six i think which is pretty much the dominion war yep. uh, if i'm remembering correctly i believe yes a call to arms the season finale of season five the dominion come through the wormhole they destroy everything in their path uh they take deep space nine under siege and hold it and they're able to take it away from the federation uh and for the next that's why i wanted to say season six for the next several episodes in season six which had not really happened in star trek before where you had the serialized storytelling 
they had to fight their way back to Deep Space Nine. And one of my favorite moments in Star Trek history, Gold Dukat finally takes the, the space station, oh, walks man. in to Captain Sisko's office, and it's totally, everything's out, everything's gone, it's, they've destroyed everything, but on his desk is a baseball. And it's Gold, so amazing. Goldicott picks that sucker up, looks at it, and Goldicott knows exactly what's going on. Wei Yun, who is um, a, uh, 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 another alien uh, from a the Vorda. Dominion, a Vorda, who doesn't really you know, understand and doesn't get it, um, looks at Goldicott and says, why do you lose it? That's so strange. Why do you leave his baseball here? And Gold, said, Goldicott looks at him and says, because he's no, he knows he's going to be back. And then it just ends. And you're like, oh, yes, he's coming back. I just, I, that moment for me, just that baseball in the center of a desk just yep. is so powerful because, you know, Cisco, he's not giving up. He's just taking a step back, regrouping, and he will return. And that is just a so wonderful kind of a character moment where you realize he wasn't waving the white flag at all. He was making the best choice he could for the time, and he's going to come back and, and take it back. I just, I, that moment, oh, gives me chill still. That's another goosebump moment for me, and that's why I picked it, because I just loved, I loved that moment. A hundred percent. That's one, uh, you know, we talked about doing some, some video recording or, or, you know, screen capturing what, what we're recording here and putting yes. it on YouTube or something. Oh, yeah. Because both of us are freaking out as we're talking yeah, about each other's yeah. episodes, because they're, yes. they're fantastic. They they're wonderful. They can easily be on uh each of our top lists uh and that leads into like you said season six the first six episodes of season six are this it's just this closed arc it's the <sighs> road to taking back these phase nine so good oh it's so, so good amazing. yeah and I, I just i love that entire because because just that entire arc um for me just it solidifies all the characters they are going through a struggle together and for the, I really do feel like for the very first time in Star Trek, you get to see the growth of character over yeah. time rather than it just kind of being um, this one mission and then another mission. Um, it really, you get to be with these people uh, and see them suffer, which was not normal for Star Trek up until that point. Um, I, I completely agree. Um, and actually, you know, that, that's, that's something that, that, I know people are griping about that for discovery too. They're, right. they're saying, Oh, it's, it's going to be so serialized. And, and there's a point, there's a part of me that says it would be nice to have those one-off episodes. Cause some of those are the best. Most of what we're listing here are one-off episodes, True, but it, you know, is it the greater story? Is it the bigger, the bigger um, arc that we're going to get and this growth from these characters and some, some depth um, and maybe long-term moral questions and goosebump moments or, yeah, is it one-offs? Do, do is it a trade-off? I don't know if it's in season six or not. This is another rant um, of Deep Space Nine. It may have been season five. I can't remember honestly, and this is horrible of me to even do this. But you can maybe help me out, Tyler. When Cisco is brought to um, Earth, uh, oh, to, that's so good. To to help find that they, they think the shapeshifters um, have infiltrated all of Starfleet. Right, there are probably yep. hundreds of shapeshifters on earth yeah. uh, and it's season uh, four season four season four okay Home so front and paradise lost th that's right so, so i almost put those on my list me too i did too because uh it's so pertinent to how we deal with terror and terrorism now um because we want to we we have to have this line of feeling safe and secure 
but also being free. Um, and so while that can be a thriller and that can be an interesting thing, that that question has to shine through. And as long as discovery has that, where we can, sure, we can have action. Sure. There needs to be that deeper layer of, oh, but, but it's asking this question of us. Yes. Um, and uh, that's what I found fascinating about those last seasons of Deep Space Nine. There was a lot of action, but boy, did it ask some really good questions. And that's all prior to 9-11 uh, of the War on Terror. Yeah. Oh, yes. Right. Yes. Home, yeah. home front, which yeah. is, you'd think, in fact, I just looked it up. I was like, I, I mean, Deep Space Nine ended before the, uh, that even happened. It did. Yeah. Um, but I was like, uh, maybe it didn't because that is a post-9-11 episode. That's it 24. Is. Almost. Yeah. Well, and and, and that's one of the things I also bring up a lot too is, and at the end of that episode, I should say, there's only one of them on earth and all it was, was them using terror. And do we let terror divide us and also have us lose freedom? Like, should we allow that to happen? Even if the, the threat is real, what what do we do about i just man that is so good yep so and, good and like everything on star trek it's ahead of its time it's it great. is it is absolutely great yeah okay awesome all right so number two here we are tyler what is your number two episode of star trek my number two is the inner light uh from the mm. next generation it yes. is a it is just one of those episodes that um, moves me every time i even think about it um so it's the episode where um captain picard is uh he's not transported like they're they're you know flying through space and they encounter a probe and he gets you know mind zapped um, by this probe and you know hits the deck and wakes up on another planet with another identity and people are, are calling him this you know other name and, you know and i i'm forgetting this is terrible i just watched it forgetting his name um Ca- and Ca- common cayman cayman it might be cayman yeah k-a-m-i-n and uh yeah I think that's it. Um, so he is, he, he is made to live this other life. Um, and it takes him a while to adjust, but he begins uh, integrating himself into this community. He has a wife, he has children, one of whom is played by his real son. Um, he is uh, an integral member of the society and they are, the society is dying and yeah. he needs to help them get um, a, a message out to the rest of the, the universe about who they are. And that is the probe that zapped him in the first place. Sorry, yeah. guys, spoilers on all of this, but you know that's the way that it is. Spoilers um, for a twenty-year-old episode. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, and but that's that's the probe that it is. So, and everything happened to him in something like sixty seconds. The whole thing, he or or ten minutes or something. He was out for for that long, but lived a lifetime. And oh, and it kills me. And this is and this is proto. Deep Space Nine. This is before. This is like as as advanced as as Star Trek: The Next Generation got with serialized storytelling. They transport over this flute yes. that he learned how to um, to play when he was living this other life to prove that it's real. And it shows up in other episodes. And he's learning how to play it. Yep. All right. What about great, you? Great, great pick. All right. Well, so for me, these next two, I do think are the they're two parters. So I guess is cheating <laughs> a little bit. Both it's of my right. last we'll, ones. We'll um, yeah, number two though uh, for me, and I just rewatched it, and nothing but goosebumps the entire time, and that is all good things. It's the series finale of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Um, it it is just it's beautiful, it's fascinating, it is uh, it is at a pace that is hard to keep up with, um, and of course it brings back series favorites. 
uh, like Q is back. I think in, in it's the best Q episode, in my opinion. Um, the relationships that Jean-Luc Picard has built up are turned on its side in this episode. You get to see his impact that he's had on people uh, in the past, in the present, and in the future. And of course, what's interesting is that these are all things that we as the audience want to experience. You know what I mean? We have this love for the past. And so we get to literally see these things happening. We get to, we get to know what happened in the past. We get to revisit these characters like Tasha Yar, yep. who we lost uh, you know, very early on into the series. We get Tragically to, misused, yeah. Horrible. One of the worst deaths in a series of television ever. Just really bad. Um, but we get to see her again. We get to see um, how he interacts with the current characters that we know and love for the last seven years. And then also we get to see where perhaps he'll end up. And that's really what you want at a season finale. You want to feel complete. You want to feel like, okay, this is a big deal. We've gone on a journey together and this just wraps it up. So I think it's the best series finale in television history. I, I don't think I've ever had a better experience, more fulfilling, um, you know, watching them play cards as the, as, as, as the, as the camera rotates around the outside of the enterprise and you see it going towards a nebula and you're just like, they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. And I'm happy that I've gone on this just seven year journey with these guys. Uh, it's, it's just beautiful. It's an amazing episode of, of Star Trek. I, I completely agree. And this one, it, I don't know how this wasn't on my list either. You know, you convinced me I'm almost about to replace my next one, but <laughs> it's cause it's so good. It's, oh, it's great. The, I agree with you. It's easily the best, you know, um, Star Trek series finale. I mean, the turnabout intruder from the original series is offensive. Um, oh, no, it's, that does not even, it's yeah. not even a finale. It's no. just, it, they just ended. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're they done got canceled. We're done now. Uh, and, but honestly, think back to your, your best finales of the best shows out there there's very few are are satis even satisfying let alone good yep you know and yep. that one uh it helps that we had the movies afterwards and things like that it wasn't the end the end you know and generations had been announced but yeah like you said the um the them sitting down at the poker table and <sighs> troy saying yes you've always been welcome here captain oh, oh. come on getting misty-eyed man i know i know <sighs> oh. But even, and even that though, set that next to like what we were just saying with, with Deep Space Nine, um, you know, Picard didn't get a lot of characterization. You know, it, he got, now, now um, Patrick Stewart characterized Picard like crazy, but the scripts sure. didn't do a lot. And where that ended is like where, where the first episode of, of uh, Deep Space Nine begins in terms of characterization. We yeah. get to know uh, Cisco so well because of that and he has his officers over for for dinner and cooks for them and does all this other stuff he's in a wedding with them he gets married on it he has a kid yeah all this to say you know and that does not detract from all good things it's just you know i think we love deep space nine and and i i'm an apologist for deep space nine and I will, oh yeah I mean, me too I, I, I love it i love it i love it but this was a great two hours of, of television and it still stands up today i just watched it yeah. yesterday i watched all good things again i, I was just going to watch the first few minutes of it yeah and then can. it was two hours later and i was yep. like oh man oh boy yeah it's yep. great all right we have reached right yes yep i think we have number one uh so funny enough 
there, Tyler. We somehow have agreed on number one. So why don't you do the honors? What is, what is our, what are, we, we come to a consensus independent of one another. What's the number one episode of Star Trek? I think this is also official, just so everybody it knows. Like, it has this, to be. It's the right this answer. means that this is the best, if both of us <laughs> agreed. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the best, it is the best of both worlds, yep. which is uh, the season, oh, my brain just stops at season three into season four finale I, of Star Trek The Next Generation, or four into five. I think it's three into four. I think um, you're right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up real quick. Hang on. Four into, this is going to get geeky. I think four into five is redemption, um, and then time zero. But anyway uh so best of both worlds it's three three into four three into four and i almost want to include the next episode the the next episode after that but best of both worlds um captain jean-luc picard you know who you'll notice all of our next generation episodes feature him because you can't not um (laughs) he is abducted by the borg um this race of cybernetic beings and he is forced to become their spokesperson and the the being in charge of trying to literally destroy earth and to you know assimilate, assimilate them yeah. and it is heart-wrenching yeah. because he is the he's the captain he's the stalwart you know command he's he's in charge of everything he is unflappable um and he is it is essentially i mean it's essentially rape it's a, it's mind violation um and, and body he is changed um and he is forced to um to do the unthinkable to kill yeah. hundreds and thousands of people that and he's and he remembers all of it yeah you know it's, yeah it's amazing he, he he is aware of everything that's going on but has no control yep uh which is the exact opposite of what picard is used to being able to do his he's the most controlled ever. yeah well i mean he just he he's able he's in control of his faculties right i mean yep. he he's able to come into a situation look at all of the variables understand the players and then strategically make the decision that is going to be the most just which is what you've expected of of yep. captain picard and when you see him turn the corner look directly to the crew of the enterprise and say i am locutus of borg you know what i mean oh. and you're like what the 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 end of of part one um is i think one of the best cliffhangers in television history right um they've you know decided that they're gonna blow up uh locutus and the borg cube and get rid of all of it and you hear uh number one Riker uh say to mr wharf fire and it's fade to black fade to black black. Yeah, yeah to be continued and you're just Oh man, what in the world is gonna, what's gonna happen? Uh, just wondering, you know, for the next season. I can't. Anyway, so for me, yeah, best of both worlds encompasses everything that is perfect about it. Because what do you do, you know, about uh, about family? How far will you go? What's the right choices to make? Uh, there are some amazing just moments of. Uh, uh, I mean, let's just say like there's uh, the Battle of Wharf three five nine happens there which is also the first episode of Deep Space Nine. You get to see yes. that battle from Cisco's perspective. Um, you get, I mean, th- that's kind of a turning point in Star Trek where yep. we've gone from a utopia yep. where everything can be taken care of. And Picard's B- understood this too, like I said before, by reason. You can yep. always reason with people. The Borg will not be reasoned with. They can't Until Janeway does it. Right, which I don't want to get it too much into. <laughs> the the moment that, that I think is one of the things that we have, uh, one of the issues 
we'll get into it. But First Contact gave a face to the Borg, and the moment they did that, um, they kind of changed it a little. Uh, yeah. it, gave it, it gave it a head that you could cut off. Um, but it, in this in this particular version of the Borg, from what we understood about them, they were terrifying. They were yeah. unstoppable. Um, and there's nothing you could do about it. You couldn't reason with them. You couldn't say, but no, we can be friends. No, no, you can't. Nope. Yep. We're just, we've got one mind, one, we're, we're possessed. We're just going to do this thing and you can't stop us. It's amazing. It really yep. is. All right. So there are our, uh, our, our top episodes of Star Trek ever. Uh, and um, yeah, it's, uh, it's some good stuff. It really is. We had a lot of uh, feedback uh, online of other episodes. I don't want to get too deep into this because yeah. we've already talked a lot. Yep. But we really appreciate all of the input. I think a lot of people put on there. Uh, all, I see a lot of all good things and I see... Um, Some best of the both worlds. Um, city worlds. on the Edge of Forever. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, City on the Edge of Forever. I think that is kind of an iconic um, uh, scene that we all, we're very familiar with a lot of that yep. stuff. Uh, Lots of In the Pale Moonlight. That's on most of them. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay, well, I know we've kind of gone a long, a long time here, but I feel like we should at least talk. Uh, should we do the, our top three uh, movies? You think what, what we, can, we, should... we can do them real fast, probably. Okay. So uh, why don't you why don't you lead us through these? What are what are we? Well, so what we decided to do was was do the top three each, and and again, we 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 could be talking about this for hours and hours and hours, and yeah. So uh, we'll we'll try and keep it brief. We'll see if how successful we are with this. We're not but... going to be successful. <laughs> So we each chose our, our top three. And, and the crazy thing about this is our top three lists are actually pretty similar. Um, yeah. Just with some variation, but, but pretty similar. And, you know, with only yep. 13 films to choose from, there's it's, instead of some 780 episodes of Star Trek to, to wade through, um, it, it, I think it becomes pretty easy. So my, <laughs> uh, actually, why don't I give, let you go first? Because uh, I went first last time. What's your top three or your third, your number three? Uh, for me, uh, number three is Voyage Home, uh, Star Trek IV. Um, it, look, that movie uh, is a very easy way to get someone who is not into Star Trek into Star Trek. Um, with very little, I mean, obviously there's a lot of inside baseball happening there too, but it is, it's more of a comedy. It's a 1980s comedy. It's kind of um, uh, Star Trek's version of Ghostbusters almost in that there's lightheartedness to it. They're, they're, they're playing um, up the comedy, but at the same time, there is a serious uh, event happening. They have to come together to figure out uh, how, to, how to save the world. Um, but it's a very much a fish out of water, great, uh, great story. And uh, if, you, if you've got friends who aren't really into Star Trek and you, they want to start someplace, I normally tell them to start with uh, the, the, the voyage home just because it just, it, it's a good way to, to, to get connected with the, the characters and the, the joy. And it's a very low bar to entry, uh, I guess is what I would say. Yeah, I, I completely agree with, with everything you just said. Uh, for, for time's sake, let's, let's move forward. I, can, yeah. I could build on that all day long. Yeah, totally. Uh, but yeah, uh, so my, my third pick is The Undiscovered Country, Star Trek VI. So that good. one is I'm a Shakespeare geek like nobody's business and yeah. so I uh, just them going through all of it and quoting that the name of it is from you know Hamlet's big to be or not to be speech mm -hmm. um, we uh, Shakespeare's quoted at the at the dinner table when they're meeting with Klingons uh, you've never read Shakespeare until you've read it in the original, the original Klingon, Klingon which I love <laughs> and you can buy that now by the yeah. way you can buy the Klingon Hamlet anyway 
um, Undiscovered Country is is perfect because it's the season uh, the series finale that the original series never got. It's true. Um, it's, true. it's a send off to the actors, these people that they by that point uh, I think that was 1991. Um, so by that point they had been doing it for 25 years. Um, these people, you know, we had grown to love and care for them. Um, I want to say this is the first Star Trek I saw in theaters, so I remember seeing mm. it. I remember owning the VHS. Yeah. Um, and then just them sailing off into the sunset after coming to terms with their their demons. You know, Kirk is racist in this one. Um, it's it's hard to deal yeah. with, but you understand it from his history, um, and he overcomes that. And the Klingons are one hundred percent are the Russians. You know, what are we going to oh, do yes. with these guys? Yes. You know, how are we going to live and uh, together in the same universe? We share we share space. You know, exactly. yeah. and so I, I, I love it for all of those reasons. It is a way for us to say goodbye to all of these characters until they mess it all up in generations. I've never trusted Klingons I and I never will. I can never forgive them for the death of my boy. Yeah, I, I, I uh, it, it's it, wonderful. That's my number two pick. Uh, it's it's a wonderful movie. It is, it is it's, it's great. It's a literal, like you're saying, it's a literal sign off at the end of that, Literally, that yeah. movie. They, they, they sign off. Uh, it's uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's my number two. Good stuff. Yep. Uh, and my number two is voyage home. So there's, I don't have much to add to that other than like I said, or like you said, it, it is this great comedy. It's light. They even yeah. recap the first two movies who recaps movies at the beginning of them. <laughs> yeah. They recap movies at the beginning of them. Uh, of it and uh they go back to the 80s so it's a familiar place mm -hmm. um they even have 80s music playing in it it's 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 nuts um but it's it's just a funny uh i think you said it a fish out of water you know weird screwball comedy of yeah. these, what are these 24th century people doing or 23rd century people doing in the 1980s nuclear you know? wessels oh that a Russian guy walking around San Francisco asking for nuclear ships. Uh -huh. I love it. Uh -huh. uh, I, I didn't get that until I was like 20. Like I just didn't yeah. even think about it. And it's hilarious. It's all about context and how much Star Trek does that where, especially if you watch it, you know, out of its time, yep. you don't realize the uh, kind of how, not, subversive i guess is kind of what i would say it, it is doing you know it, it's, it's being and you'd be like oh my goodness i can't believe they went there yep you yeah all right what about your first one so number one for me um if if we if we, if we were uploading this as a video you'd be able to see behind me i have a poster of star trek first contact um look star trek the next generation is my favorite series it's my favorite star trek bar none period and I was, I don't want to say disappointed with Generations, but I just didn't really, I didn't feel like that connected with me as well as it should have. Uh, it didn't really give, like you said, it was a sign-off. Uh, 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 Star Trek Six was a sign-off, but then they suddenly brought those characters back. They should have never done that. They should have never brought Kirk back. They should have just given the reins fully to Next Generation and let them have, have their deal. Um, and uh, that's, what, that's what First Contact is for me. Um, the Borg are terrifying in this movie. Uh, the threat is real. Uh, the, it's just, it is so good. Uh, everything about this movie I love. Um, from not really being able to predict what Data was going to be doing uh, to uh, 
uh, just all kinds of just really great just visual effects and uh, ideas that Star Trek had not really explored before in that way in that big of budget. Uh, it was so cool to be able to see that. So for me, man, that's a movie I can watch over and over again. Uh, there's a few films in my in my uh, wheelhouse that I would always go back to. You know, I've got like Terminator 2, I could always watch anytime. Star Trek First Contact is one of those movies. I could go back time and time and time again and watch it over and over and over again and never get bored of it. I just, I love how they put that thing together. It's so good. It's so good. I, I completely agree. It's number four on my list. Like it just barely, if we were doing a top Long. five, it would have been there. Oh, I know. <laughs> Although I see, I see a few posters behind you and one of the Star Trek posters that yes. you have behind you is not on your list. So I'm just saying. No, no, it's, no. And it's not even, it's, it's not even necessarily close to be honest <laughs> with you. It's the t- 2009 Star Trek JJ Abrams. I mean, it's probably my number five. It may, it's, it's, it's good. It's a good one. It's very good. But look, you know what? It's a, it's a, I don't, I think of it as something new which I enjoy. Yeah. I love new things. I don't, I don't, I don't hate when they reboot or do new things. So I'm not hating on discovery either yet. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I like it when they do new things, but it's not my Star Trek. It's yeah. not, it's not first contact. And, and we will definitely be talking about the Kelvin verse. I think next oh, week, I think that's going to play into it will. a little bit. Oh yes. We'll, so, we'll, we'll save that. <laughs> yeah. So mine uh, is, and in fact, thematically, these are, very similar movies. So yeah, that's, that's it's interesting. We both went there. Uh, the Wrath of Khan is, yeah. for me, is my bar none. And, and it's weird because I, I would say that um, The Next Generation is my favorite Star Trek. It really is. But the, the TOS movies do it for me. Um, yeah. They just are the ones that, that do it for me, minus maybe Star Trek V. But, um, Which, what one? What? Star Trek V. I don't, the Final Frontier. I don't know what you're, I've never. I don't you know, there was this one. They, no. They no. jump from four to six. No, yeah, it's, exactly. That's what I say. That, uh, they, there is no five. I just want to make sure you understand. Five. I don't know. To you. <laughs> I don't know if you realize. Why it's does like, God need a starship? <laughs> it's like never say never again in oh, James Bond. So, it's the one that didn't happen. Oh, so bad. So bad. <laughs> uh, so the Wrath of Khan, you know, and this, in fact, it's it's down. It's so close that they both they both quote Moby Dick heavily in it um wow heavily quote moby dick and it's the second film in both series i don't know i I really don't know how much of that was on purpose or it just must have been it It had to but the wrath of khan i mean ricardo montalban um coming back after uh such an amazing episode space seed um you know his his chest and his pecs (laughs) are so prominently featured they're almost (laughs) they're almost another character yeah Um, and but Spock's dying, and that scene between between Kirk and Spock, and they are separated by a by a plexiglass, you know, or probably transparent aluminum, and they <laughs> they can't touch each other. That's right. You know, they cannot say goodbye in the right way. Yeah. And it gets me every time. And even now, I know. Sorry, guys. The third movie is called Search for Spock. So spoilers for that one. Um, he comes back, even though I know that. It gets me every single time. Yeah. That's why Into Darkness infuriates me. Yeah, Into Darkness uh, is just like five in that it's just a huge misstep. It, yep. It's something that should not have, they shouldn't have done. We yep. can talk about that later too. But yes, oh, yeah. uh, Star Trek II is amazing. Uh, yep. it, is, it is an incredible cinematic masterpiece. Yep. Um, there are, it's not on my list just because um, I, I just enjoy the other ones better. Yep. 
but it's probably my number four in that it is, it's thrilling that space battle at the end with yeah. going in and out of the nebula. It's just, it's great. It's yeah. a great, it's a great movie. No doubt. That's the one that I use to get people into Star Trek. Yeah. In fact, I have, I, I taught a right. film class for, for a few years and that's the, that's, I made all my students watch it. Um, nice. It's like a, yeah. And so it, it's, it's the one I would get the most emails about. I don't know what's happening. I was just, just watch it. Just watch it's it. Okay. Let it happen. Let it happen. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that, that brings us uh, really to the end of, yeah. of our, why do we watch Star Trek? Why do we love Star Trek? And, yeah. Uh, I, I've had we, a good time. I hope I have too. Yeah. Good, good, good. Well, I hope you listening had a good time as well. Um, we're going to be back shortly. Like we already said with our, what kind of lay out kind of our plan for the foreseeable future for the next Trek as a podcast, how we're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek moving forward and how we would like for you, if you're listening, to be a part of that. Um, so uh, I think probably the easiest way to do it right now, we've decided is Twitter, right? Is that kind of a really good way of getting a hold of us? Is that what you'd say is the best or what do you think? That's, that's my you know, mode of, of social media. You know, I, we do have a Facebook page. It's, it's uh, facebook.com slash the next Trek. Um, and it, so it's there. I just, Facebook is not my, my best friend in the world. I'm trying to get better at it. I'm working on it. Um, and so I am posting there, but Twitter, I'm, I'm pretty active on Twitter, uh, yeah. both on my personal account and on my, on the next Trek. Uh, and, and Chris just, uh, he, he just decided to jump in and, and yeah. get back into Twitter. So he'll yeah. be on there, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I was, I was going to say, I think what I'm going to start doing is uh, just, you know, I'm going to, it's going to be lit up. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Farrell, C-H-R-I-S-F-A-R-R-E-L-L. And then if you want to follow Tyler, what's your uh, Twitter handle? It's at Tyler Howitt, uh, T-Y-L-E-R-H-O-W-A-T. And uh, we're, we are at the next Trek. Yes. The next Trek. So we're going to be a lot of content for Discovery and Star Trek as a whole on the next Trek Twitter. And then if you want to follow us and kind of connect with us on our, uh, our public, uh, our other profiles, our private, not private, what are they? Our personal, there we go. That's yeah, where there you go. our personal Twitter profiles. Uh, I'm going to be, you know, giving my reactions. I'll probably live tweet the first um, episode of Star Trek Discovery, give you a little bit of a heads up of what we're going to be talking about, whether I love it or I hate it. If it goes silent, more than likely, <laughs> I am I'm really loving it. And I don't want to, I don't, I'm not going to say anything. But if it's, if I'm tweeting a lot, probably not enjoying it all that much. That's how I gauge my enjoyment in shows. We just watched the season finale of Game of Thrones. That's kind of one of my things that I do is, is that if a show is good, the screen's not turned on at all during the episode. You know what I mean? So that's how you'll know if I'm enjoying the episode or not. If Chris's Twitter profile is lit up, not having a good time. <laughs> and then you'll hear about it pretty soon. We're, we're, we'll talk, right. tell you guys more about it next week, but yes. we'll be reacting to each episode, recapping and talking about them. And, and we'll be having some guests on. So Yes. Um, it's going to be great, man. It's going to be yeah. really good. So, so get, get in touch with us on social media. Let us know what you think. We're uh, trying to uh, get some good questions out there, some good ideas, some thoughts. So just, yeah, be, you know, get involved, get in the conversation and we'll, you know, maybe read some of your stuff on air. Rock on. All right. Well, from, uh, from now until then, live long and prosper guys. We will talk to you later. See ya. 